You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Take your Bible with me and turn to John chapter 13. We're in the upper room. The Lord Jesus has just instituted the Lord's table, the Last Supper. He has a few last words to say to his disciples just before he is arrested and crucified for our redemption. We're going to pick up with verse 13 in chapter 13. I've entitled the message this morning, How to Be Happy in 2020. Last week we talked about being joyful and carrying the joy of the Lord not only throughout this next coming year but on throughout the rest of our lives. We also were able to see scripturally that happiness and joyfulness are two different things. And so we dealt with joyfulness last week and today we want to deal with the subject of happiness. John 13, 13. Jesus said, And you call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. Not only had he been teaching them, but he had been giving them an example that they should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that sent, neither he that sent greater than he that sent him. And now verse 17, if ye know these things, what's the word, church? Happy. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the preaching of your word today. Help us to really, truly discover the true meaning of happiness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There were so many of you who were not here last week. We were, I mean, sickness just wiped us out last week. It was really amazing. Just before uh, Ben and I started to lead the worship service, he looked at me and he said, wow, this is the lowest attendance I've ever seen, and I had to agree with him. So we're glad some of you have recovered and are back this week with us. But last week, as I said, we talked about joyfulness, being joyful as we enter into this next year. In John 15, verse 11, Jesus said these words, listen. He said, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy that my joy, not happiness, but that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How many of you here have wished someone in the past week or so a happy new year? Can I see your hand if you wish someone a happy new year? Okay. How many of you, someone has wished you a happy new year? I had two happy new years in church already today. Now, we use that as a common expression during this time of year, don't we? Happy New Year. But are you able, think about this, are you able to tell someone what the secret is to really being happy? 
we wish others to be happy, but do you know what the secret is to being happy? I think most people, as they enter into this next year, would say, I really want to be happy. I mean, I don't know anyone that says, uh-uh, I don't want happiness in my life. I think most of us would say that's pretty much the goal of every one of us is that we want to be happy. One thing we find as we're studying the scriptures that God never promises continual happiness to us. It's not a promise that we have. Now, he promises that he will give us a joy that will remain and a joy that no man can take from us, but he never promises that we're going to have continual happiness in our lives. Think of the Lord Jesus. He was a man of, say it with me, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Doesn't sound like he was an overly happy individual, right? A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Listen, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. There's a big difference between happiness and between joy. When Jesus went to the cross to give his life, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And yet he went to the cross, not happy about it, but he went to the cross with joy in his heart because he was purchasing the redemption of man. Jesus said in John 16, 22, And ye now therefore shall have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. So the joy that the Lord gives is a joy that, that isn't temporary. It's a joy that can be permanent in our lives. But we all have to admit that happiness is based upon happenings. Got the connection? Happiness is based upon happenings. If things happen to go well for us, then we are what? We're happy. If things don't happen to go well for us, then we're not. So again, happiness is something that is temporal. Whereas joy is something that can be permanent. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is an attitude that we have. I will say this, though, people who really have the joy of the Lord, and by the way, the joy of the Lord is our what? It's our strength. Can you have the joy of the Lord and be in financial trouble? Can you have the joy of the Lord and have an enduring sickness? Can you have the joy of the Lord when you're saying goodbye to your dearest loved one? You see the difference? Joyful people, however, are usually pretty cheerful. Won't you agree? They're usually smiling. They laugh a lot. They are happy. But you can be happy and not be joyful. Stop and think about it. You can be happy, but not on the inside. Be joyful. Happiness depends upon circumstances. Our joy depends upon our relationship with the Lord. The Word of God speaks of great joy, exceeding joy, abundance of joy, and fullness of joy that can be ours as a believer.
So last week we looked at what is the secret to having this abiding joy that no man or no circumstance can take from us. And there were three things I mentioned. I'm going to mention them just quickly. We're going to get into today's message. First of all is the joy of salvation. If you don't have the joy of salvation, you can never have the joy of the Lord. So first of all, you have to be born again. And we spent quite a bit of time looking at the joy that salvation brings to us. I remember the day I got saved. You remember the day you got saved? No joy compared with that day that I got saved. The closest thing to it could be maybe when I got married. But there's a little fear too that went along with that. Or maybe when Bethany was born, you know, like after three boys, finally got a girl. But I remember when I got saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I mean, I was five years old, and the joy of the Lord was all over me and in me that day. David said, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. So if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you, 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 you cannot know the joy that the Lord can give. And then there's the joy of restoration. Sometimes in our walk with the Lord, we, we get off a little bit, don't we? We backslide, we get a little bit carnal in our lives, and we need to have a restoration. And that's where David said, Restore unto me the what? Joy of thy salvation. He had the salvation, but... That joy didn't remain because he allowed sin in his life. And that joy needed to be restored. And then last Sunday night we talked about the joy of being filled by the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, and peace. So if we're going to have this abiding joy that no man can take from us, we have to be born again. When we lose that joy, we have to have a restoration of it through repentance and confession of our sin, and we need to be spirit-filled believers. Now, here's where I want to go today. God not only wants us to have this abiding joy, this lasting joy that no one can take from us, but I believe this with all my heart. He also wants us to be happy. I'm convinced about that. If you know these things, what was the next word? Happy are ye if you do them. So if we know the things that produce happiness and we do those things, what will we be? Pretty much we'll be happy. And so we want to talk about what the Bible says is the key to experience happiness as we go into this new year. If happiness is based upon happenings, and if things go well for us, we're happy, and if they don't go well for us, we're not happy, listen to this verse, Psalm 128, verse 2, For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Isn't it good to have the ability to go out and work and earn a wage and then be able to buy something with the money that you've earned? For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. By the way, God is not a socialist. You work for it, you'll appreciate it. And it says this, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. 
we're happy when things go well for us. I'm happy when things go well for me, right? Yes. Are you all here today? You don't look very happy. <sighs> Rough crowd here today. So as I thought about that verse, and it shall be well with thee, I begin to think, how come things don't always go well for us? And then I begin to also think, well, in my own life, the reason that things haven't always gone well for me is because of my own doings, is because of my own decisions. And then I drop back to that old verse, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he what? Moses was always trying to give good advice and counsel to the children of Israel. But seldom did they listen to him. And so I found myself, as I was studying Moses here this week, and the conversations that he was having, and the advice that he was giving, and what he was saying to his people, I, I began to really identify with Moses. Listen to what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 12, addressing the children of God. He said, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee. He said, listen to what I'm trying to teach you. Listen to what I am commanding you to do. Because if you'll just listen and you'll just obey, it's kind of just like what Jesus was saying, happier ye if you do them, if you know them and do them, you'll be happy. Observe and hear all the words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee, listen to this, and with thy children after thee, do you know there's a parental blessing that goes on from one generation to the next? Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever. There can be a blessing that will just go from one generation to the next, to the next, and to the next, and to the next. In following other gods, and excuse me, that it may go well with thee forever when thou doest that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord thy God. If you'll just do what's right and if you'll just do what is good, things will go well for you in your life. Remember the judges? When God gave judges to kind of keep the people in line? Listen to what it says here. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. Listen, they cease not from their own doings nor from their stubborn ways. You know why a lot of things simply do not go well for us in our lives, causing us to lose our happiness? It's because we make a lot of really poor decisions. And instead of just doing what is good, instead of just doing what is right in the sight of the Lord, we go about doing our own thing. Our own doings. Our own stubborn ways. Hosea said in Hosea 7 and verse 2, And they considered not 
in their hearts that I remembered all their wickedness. Let me tell you, God knows what you're doing. Think you're getting away with it with God. He said they didn't even consider in their hearts that I am remembering all their wickedness. And he says this, now their own doings have beset them. Their own doings have beset them. So I thought, I'm going to look up what that word beset really means. It's a word we don't use. This is what it means according to the Strong's. It means afflicted, brought anguish, cursed, plagued, tormented, and tortured. Because they did their own doings, they were afflicted. Because they did their own doings, they brought anguish upon themselves. Because they were doing their own doings, they brought a curse upon them. They brought a plague upon them. They literally tormented and tortured themselves because they were doing their own doings. So if happiness depends upon happenings, and happenings depend upon our walk and our obedience to the Lord, that if we do good and we do right, we'll experience happiness, and if we don't, we won't. I think of how many times Moses literally became angry with his people because they would not listen to him. As I said, I kind of surveyed the life of Moses, and you know what? Moses really had the heart of a pastor. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you really make me upset. And I think any pastor that's honest will say that. Now we hide it quite well. But Moses wasn't one to hide it. When he got upset with the people, they knew Moses was upset. Do you know why I get upset with some of you? You won't listen. That's what made Moses upset. His people would not listen. He was giving them good advice. He was giving them good counsel. He was telling them what was good and what was right and what would bring joy and happiness and blessing into their lives if they just do it. But they wouldn't do it. They were set on their own doings and they were stubborn in their ways. And sometimes Moses just had it. The Bible says this, and Moses was wroth with the officers of the host. You know, he was kind of like the pastor, and the officers were kind of like his assistant pastor. He said, man, I was mad with my assistants. I was wroth with the officers of the host and with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds. He said, I was I was wroth. I was angry with my leadership. Not only would the people not listen, but my leadership team wouldn't listen either. And Moses was wroth with the people and said to the Lord, Lord, respect not their offering. Verse 
That's one upset preacher. Why was Moses so upset? Here's where his pastor's heart comes in. And this is where my heart comes in for every single one of you here. His desire was that it may be well with thee and thou mayest prolong thy days. As I stand here before God, the reason I preach the way that I do and say the things that I say and teach you the difference between what is good and what is right is because I truly in my heart want things to go well with you. Because when things go well with you, what kind of person are you? Okay, can we all say that together? When things go well with you, what kind of person are you? Oh, thank you. I really believe, as I thought not only of being your pastor, I thought about being a parent. And I think every parent here would agree with me, you want things to go well for your children. Why do you want things to go well for your children? You want them to be happy. Children, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be what? Well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I really believe that God wants things to go well for us. And the reason why most of the time things do not go well is because of our own doings. The desire for happiness is not a sinful desire. Okay? I want to be happy. It's not a sinful desire to want to be happy. I think sometimes... The reason we think that it's sinful to want to be happy is because so many people are pursuing happiness through sinful activities. And so we associate the sinful activities with being happy, and I'm here to tell you, that's not happiness. And then we kind of think, well, there's something wrong if, if I really want to be happy in my life. No, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. God wants us to be happy. He said, rejoice and be glad. Why would he tell us to rejoice and be glad if he did not want us to have a happy life? The Bible said, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. You will never, ever, ever, ever convince me that God does not want you to be happy. Now, I know our happiness comes and our happiness goes depending upon our happenings. But if we'll just clear up some of the things that we do that is causing so many things to go bad in our lives, we'll surely be a whole lot happier. Let's go to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Turn there with me. Matthew chapter 5 begins with what we have called the Beatitudes. It is a beloved portion of the Gospels. And it begins what is the greatest sermon ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are nine qualities 
Nine qualities that should characterize every single one of us as the children of God. It tells us how that the children of God who have these qualities will experience the full blessing of God upon their lives. So why do we call the Beatitudes the Beatitudes? I had to ask myself that question and I thought, I don't know. I don't know why we call the Beatitudes the Beatitudes. So, you know, if you don't know anything, go to the dictionary. And this is what the dictionary says. Beatitudes means supreme blessedness or exalted happiness. Supreme blessedness or exalted happiness. Blessed are. So that brought me to say, okay, what, is, what does it mean to be blessed? So for this, I had to go to the Bible. The Bible uses the word bless, blessed, blessing 451 times. That's a lot. So what that told me just by the number of times that it's mentioned is God really wants us to get down what this whole thing about blessing is all about. So then I went to the Strong's Concordance. All right, let me get what Strong said is the definition to blessing. He said it means to be fortunate, well off, to receive benefit, to prosper, to speak well of, and to be happy. Blessed are, fortunate are, well off are. Each beatitude is a statement that a person will be blessed if they implement that beatitude into their life. And then it tells us what the blessing will be if we implement that beatitude. Are y'all following where I'm going here? So this is the beatitude. If we do this, God's fullest blessing will be be upon our lives, and this is how His blessing will be there. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5. I guess you're there, I'm not. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 3. Blessed are the what? Poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be exceeding what? Glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which are before you. Stop and think about this. What do men seek after? Blessing, right? How many of you here want to be blessed? Everybody seeks after blessing. The problem is most of us are seeking after blessing on this earth. We're very 
temporal-minded. We're not eternally focused. And so as we're seeking blessing, we're seeking it in position, in money, in fame, in power, in popularity, or in sensual pleasure. We are are looking in all the wrong places to find blessing. And we are looking to all the wrong things to find blessing. We talked about men shall be lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of this present world. You know what that tells when you stop and you think about us? And I include myself in that us. We really see how fallen our nature is. And how we are bent to pursue the things that will never, ever bring us true happiness. And we could make the list. I am carnal. And I am very sinful. So you are listening right now to a very sinful, carnal pastor. But this sinful, carnal pastor is preaching to a whole congregation that are just as sinful and carnal as he is. So we're all in the same camp, aren't we? You know what that is? That's just being honest. And we are all bent, because of our carnal, sinful nature, we are all bent to pursue happiness apart from the things of God, the things of this world, the carnal things, the temporal things. Sin has pleasure for what? For they that are after the flesh, have you ever been after the flesh? How many of you here have ever been after the flesh? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. That's going nowhere. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. For they that are in the flesh cannot please God. My goal in life, how many times have you heard me say it, our goal in life is to please the Lord, bottom line. And when we really set our heart to pleasing the Lord, guess what? There's a happiness that the Lord will give you. But when you're set on pursuing your own doings, that happiness is fleeting. Remember what Solomon said? Remember all the things Solomon tried. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and chapter 2. I've read it many times. Can you remember some of the things he pursued for happiness? Wine. We'll talk about that Wednesday night. You better be here if you think about taking a drink once in a while. Wine. What were some some other things he tried? Wealth. He had all the money to buy anything in the world that his heart desired. This, This is what I said. Whatever my heart desired, I could take it. I could get it. I kept not myself from it. Wine, wealth. Give me another W. Women. 
pleasure. Orchards, garden, houses, music, servants. But how many of you remember what he said? Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Thank you, Solomon, for being honest. Even the Apostle Paul had to admit, I am carnal. Remember? Sold under sin. So we really need these beatitudes. We really need these teachings of Christ. You know, the Bible tells us later on in this chapter, where is it? Uh, Drop down to verse 19. He said, Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called, what? Great in the kingdom of heaven. How many of you want to be great when you get to heaven? So what do we do? We teach people how to do good and live right based upon the commandments of Christ. If we will teach people the commandments of Christ and we'll live out the commandments in our own life as an example, just like Jesus said in John 13 as we begin this morning's message, then God said, I will make you great in the kingdom of heaven. So let's look at some of the teachings of Christ because I'm going to teach you, I'm going to do my best to live it out in my life because I want to be great in the kingdom. Let's look at verse 3. Blessed are the what? I can't hear you. What? The poor in spirit. Not blessed are the poor financially. I don't want that blessing, do you? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means that we are acknowledging our utter helplessness before God our spiritual poverty, our spiritual need. Remember what Paul said, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I do. That's what's being poor in spirit. It's not being like the Pharisees. I thank God that I'm not of other men are. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. The things I should do, those are the things I don't do. What did he say about himself? Oh, wretched man that I am. He was poor in spirit. Listen, if we're going to be happy, we've got to be poor in spirit. We need to realize that we're nowhere where we should be in our walk with the Lord. We have a lot of growing to do. Number two, blessed are those who what? Blessed are those who mourn. Listen to what Spurgeon said about this beatitude. He said, Who is it so full of grief that carries and weeps and utterly groans deep within himself? The person who is desperately sorry for his sin 
in his unworthiness before a holy God. He has such a sense of sin that his heart is broken. Remember what David prayed? That he would have a broken and a contrite heart? Boy, that first one, poor in spirit, does that sound like happy to you? Yes or no? Blessed are those that mourn, does that sound like happiness to you? Number three, blessed are the meek. Who is a meek person? A meek person is someone who has a tender heart, someone who is humble, someone who has a teachable spirit. It's just the opposite of being arrogant and prideful. God resisteth the proud. You know, there's a lot of people who don't have a teachable spirit unless you're teaching them what they want to hear. Do you have a tender, humble heart? Number four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. How many times have I heard that verse? I thought, I want to delve into this a little bit, and so I begin to study that word hunger. You know what that word hunger means? Literally starving. How many of you here have ever been starving? If I miss one meal, I'm starving. (laughs) The word thirst literally means parched and dying of thirst. I was watching the football game last night. Patriots got beat last night. How many watched the football game last night? That was a great football game. When the commercials came on, I flipped to another station, and it was a war movie that was on. So I catch a little bit of the war movie, and then I'll go back to the football game. And it just showed this one man being rescued who hadn't had anything to drink for days. And they gave him something to drink. And they had to hold him back. Drink slower, drink slower. And they gave him some food he hadn't eaten in days. Really, she showed me what some of our soldiers have suffered for our freedoms. And he started eating. They were just trying to slow him down. You know, the Bible says that's how we should hunger and thirst after righteousness. We're starving. We're just parched. We're thirsty. Job said, neither have I gone back from thy commandment of thy lips. I have esteemed thy words of thy mouth more necessary than my daily food. You know, someone who is hungering and thirsting after righteousness, they don't have a problem being faithful to church. They don't have a problem listening to the preacher. And I know, I understand this. Sometimes I have messages that are easy to listen to. Sometimes they're more difficult to listen to. I understand that. Sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm off. Most of the time I'm off, I got it. But listen, if you are hungry and thirsty... I remember when I was in Bible college, I sat under a pastor who was the most boring pastor I've ever heard in my entire life. 
It was all that any of us could do to stay awake during his messages. But I'll tell you, when you are hungering, starving, thirsting, you're so parched that you're, you literally think, I'm going to die of thirst. You don't fall asleep in church. You listen. You seek to apply. You're growing in your faith. You're having your personal devotional life. And what does God say? You'll be happy. Developing that type of character into your life will produce happiness. Number five. Blessed are the what? Merciful. To have a forgiving spirit. To be compassionate. Blessed are the merciful. I have to work on that one. Mercy is not my strong suit. Who said that? Is that you, Raby? I just said it's not my strong suit. Because it's not my strong suit, let's move on. Number six. Verse 8, blessed are the what? Pure in heart. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you have a clean heart? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Is your heart clean? Number 7, blessed are the peacemakers. People who reconcile others in their relationships and more importantly are reconciling people to God. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Why aren't you happy when you see someone get saved? Aren't you happy when you see two people that were warring with each other embrace and forgive? Number eight, verse 10. Blessed are those ooh who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Hmm. But if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, Peter said. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Number nine. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. What did Jesus say? If you are of the world, the world would love its own. But you are not of this world. Therefore the world hateth you. That's something we need to be happy about. And then, verse 12. If we will build these nine characteristics into our lives, rejoice and what? Be glad. For great is your reward in heaven. We are to go into all the world. We're to preach the gospel to every creature. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And how does it finish? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Jesus gave us a lot of commandments. He gave us a whole lot of teachings. The next time you wish someone Happy New Year, just remember this, that true happiness will only be found as we obey the commandments and teachings of Christ. Let's have every head bowed and right You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.